about to break the bread this morning. I'm going to be sharing to, with us this morning on the pathway to a new horizon. Hallelujah. The pathway to a new horizon. An horizon is a fresh outlook, a fresh brightness, a fresh beacon, a fresh level. Assuming a new position that you did not have before. Coming into a place of divine understanding that you ordinarily did not know. And so my belief is that as this service started last week, the Lord wants to move us as His people into a new horizon. The Lord is saying to you, you have dwelt long enough on this mountain. It is time to move forward. I will say to myself, and I'm going to preach it to myself this morning, it is time for me to move forward. It is time for me to move forward. It is time for me to move forward. I want you to preach it to your spirit. It is time for me to move forward. Nothing can hinder what God is doing in my life. It is my season of a new horizon. I will take my place in God. I will see the brightness of His glory. I will enjoy the blessing of His house. He will fill my world with good things. In the name of Jesus. This morning, I'd like us to take a test from the book of Proverbs chapter 23. This is one passage we are particularly familiar with. But I want us to look at what the word of the Lord says here. Proverbs chapter 3. The book of Proverbs chapter 23. I'll take my reading in one verse. Verse 7. The Bible says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. God does not play with words. The divine attitude is to release principles to men that will bring them into a place of accomplishment in life. The Bible says in this passage, for as he thinks. The word thinks comes from the root word Yahar. Yahar means the gatekeeper. In other words, what determines what enters a man's life is how he thinks. A man cannot be higher than his thoughts. So the thought realm is a critical realm in the supernatural. What makes a man is what he thinks. The experiences and the events in the life of a man is dependent on the ability of the man to be able to think and perceive what is the original purpose of God for his life. 
Now, let me quickly drive this in. God is a God of plan, purpose, and objectivity. His plan, His purpose, and His objective for a man's life is placed in a vantage point, but the man needs to think appropriately about what God is thinking of him. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know the thought that I think towards you. It is the thought of peace and not of evil that you may have an expected end. I know the thought that I think towards you. It is the thought of good. It is the thought of peace. It is the thought of advancement. It is the thought of multiplication. It is the thought of joy. It is the thought of fulfillment. But that he may have a future and a hope. Now, the thought of God is one thing, but the thought of man is another thing. Now, when God made man, I saw from Genesis chapter 2 that God made a man that looked exactly like him. The Bible says he made man in the likeness of himself and in his image. And he gave to man, if you read through him in between the lines, you will notice that God gave to man a superlative sense when he made him. God did not make a dummy. No. God gave man the ability to think the way he thinks. God made a man that has the capacity to reach into the invisible and call the things which are not as though they were. That was the man that God made. Reading through Genesis chapter 2, these are the things that I saw. And I'm going to share with us. In Genesis chapter 2, God made all the animals, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air. And the Bible says, and God brought all the animals, the cattle, the fowls of the ears, and the beasts of the field, and he brought them to Adam. Genesis chapter 2, somebody to read verse 19 with me. Genesis verse 2, chapter 2, sorry, verse 19. What does it say? Hallelujah. The Bible says, and the Lord God brought the animals to Adam to see. Everyone says to see. Now God had made man, but God was going to take a man through what we call a quality control test. To examine whether what he has made looks exactly like him. The Bible says he brought man to animals to Adam to see what he will call them. The Bible says, and the name that Adam gave, sorry, Adam gave to all animals, that is the name the bear. Now the first thing that occurred to me there was the power of intuition. God gave to man an intuitive sense. He gave to him insight. He gave to him wisdom. He gave to him the ability to coordinate. He gave to him an unparalleled memory. To be able to name all the animals in their ranks, in their abilities, in their position, and in their placement. And after he had named all animals, none of those animals has been renamed after Adam did it. And if you can imagine and count, I don't know how many, um, do we call them zoologists that are here, to name all the existing animals on earth. And Adam gave name to 
every one of them without missing words. He did not repeat lion two times. No. And that's to tell us the class of mind that God gave to Hebron. Shortly after that experience, the Bible said, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come upon man. And Adam slept. The Bible said, And God took out of his bone a rib. And to make of that a woman. And the Bible says, And the Lord brought the second time. Brought the woman to Adam. And the Bible says, As soon as Eve appears, Adam jacked up and said, This is the bone of my bone. This is not an animal. This doesn't look like a chimpanzee. It doesn't look like an elephant. This is the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. He she shall be called a woman. There I saw a great perceptive, deep perception. That's the second quality. I'm trying to explain to us the mind of a man that God made. He had deep perception and accurate judgment. Saw him for the first time. Recognize this is not an animal. This is not fowl of the hair. This is exactly a person out of me. Number three. Man, the Bible says, was kept in the garden. God gave him two words. Keep and dress it. To keep is to protect. To dress is to beautify. And I believe you cannot beautify until you have what we call aesthetics. Abraham was endowed with aesthetics. He knew what was right. He knew the positioning of things. He knew what was supposed to be done. And he knew how it should be done in their time. Now man fell and lost a great deal of the endowment that God has given to him. Now at salvation, our spirit became saved. We were saved because man is a trumpeter being. Man is a spirit. He has a soul, but he lives in the body. At salvation, when we were dead in sins, our spirit became dead. We could not communicate with God. Our sense of fellowship died. There was no relationship with God. But out at salvation, our spirit became saved. And so we came alive in our spirit. But the mind of man is not saved. Neither is his body saved. And if you're going to draw it, some of the theologians have been able to do justice to this. They would draw three concentric circles. The spirit of a man, the mind of a man, or the soul of a man, and the outer one is the body of the man. The body is just a container of what is on the inside. Now, we know what the spirit of a man is. That is the place where God communicates to us. So when we came to know the Lord, God communicated through our spirit to us. But the mind of man has been fed with certain degrees of information that does not agree with a new life that is living now. Isn't that correct? I want us to know that everyone born of a woman is a sin and we communicate with a corrupt word. 
And in communication with the corrupt world, the corrupt world has corrupted the minds of men. So man could not think properly. Man could not imagine accurately like it was originally made. So at salvation, when we came to know Jesus, after our spirit became born again, the Bible tells us that our mind must undergo a process of change. That was a process of change. Now, before we can come into a new horizon, as people of God, the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, the path of the righteous is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. But you see, what makes the righteous, righteous to shine is the capacity of the mind of the righteous to undergo a process of change by the Holy Spirit. And that's why Romans chapter 12 verse 2 is given to us. In verse 1 it says, I beseech you brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, only and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable act of service. Verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed, but be ye transformed. Let me quickly explain those two words. Be not conformed means to conform comes from the root word schema. Schema means the system of thinking that is carnal. That is worldly. An information position that comes from the outside. So, do not conform. Do not yield yourself to information that is coming from outside. Because the outside is already polluted. It's about be ye transformed. Transform comes from the root word called morphe. Morphe is another word for metamorphosis. And which means, let the information that comes, come as a result of a transformed life. Of a metamorphosized life. Be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, for you to be transformed, your mind must be renewed. To renew is to renovate. To renovate is to reinvigorate. Is to revitalize. Is to re-empower. So in other words, our minds became weak before salvation. After salvation, we have no right as believers to carry a weak mind. No right. By the renewing of your mind, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23 says that you may be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Why is the mind so critical? Why is it that as believers we are paying so much attention to the mind? I want us to know that man has five senses. The sense of touch, the sense of seeing, of hearing, of smelling, and of tasting. Now, those five senses, they are the doorway to a man's mind. And because they are the doorways to a man's mind, they feed the mind with certain degrees of information. How many of us know that we are often influenced by the things we see and the things we hear? But God is saying, I am aware of this. And I want to lead it to another level 
of relationship that you are no more affected by the things you see, the things you hear, the things you taste, the things you touch. You are affected by the information that comes from the inside of you. For out of your belly shall flow the rivers of the living water. Because the superior information is the information that comes from within. And he says, what I wanted to do is to renew your mind. Take your mind through a process of change. Because if your mind is not renewed, your body is a subject of bondage. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks, so is he. Now, what are we supposed to do as believers? When we came to know Jesus, this is what happened to us. Suddenly it occurred to us. The Bible says, set not your affections on the things of the world, but on the things which are above. Colossians chapter 3. But initially, our attention has been centered on the things of the world. And suddenly we realized our treasures are not here, but our treasures are stored up in heaven. In heavenly places. So essentially, the new information that comes in says, don't set your affection. But the word says, you have to do a lot to survive. But the word says, no, what you have to do is to set your affections on the things above. That's how to live. Jesus said, he that loses his life shall have it. And he that have it in life shall lose it. In other words, the way to have your life is to first lose it. That is strange thinking. And the word also gives us the information. It says, love your brothers. But the word says, if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you in back. High for an high. That's what the information of the word says. But the new information we receive says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. What it means is this. You have to believe to see. But the word says you have to see to believe. Do we see the difference? The difference is so clear. And so, this is where many of us as believers are bouncing in and bouncing out. Do I have to believe to see or do you have to see to believe? Now, this struggle continues. That's why Galatians chapter 5 says, For the flesh lusted after the spirit against one and another. Now, what is the result of this process of renewal? Before I get to that, the information bank... That we are to renew our spirit with is the word of God. And this gives us a responsibility as believers. That our journey as believers does not end at salvation. We have to go to the next level. Because really where God is taking us is so far. And to get there, we have to be fully loaded with the right kind of information. And the information bank is the word of God. Now the challenge to all of us today is this. How much investment... Are you putting on your life as you meditate and study the word of God? How much time do we invest in what matters? How much do we invest in what is real? Because what we are talking about is the real world. How much time do we invest in his word? How much time do we invest in his will? And here we see that the result is astounding. Why did the Lord say we should renew our mind? Number one, the reason is this. God wants a new breed of people that will stand with righteousness consciousness. 
When we stand before God, we are not standing condemned. Guilty. No. When your mind becomes renewed, you have direct access to God. You are confident in His presence. Because you know your life is not yours, but is. And that's why Second Corinthians chapter 10, I want us to take a look at that. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. The Bible says, for we do not walk, for we, walk, we do not walk, sorry. For we walk in the flesh, but we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not canna, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Let's take a look at it. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 10 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not going to be mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations. And every thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, what we are doing in the kingdom today is that we are casting out every imagination that does not agree with the word of God. When a thought comes to your mind, no, I reject that. That doesn't belong to me. It is not of God. I say no to it. The Bible says we're bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. Something occurs to you, you're driving in the morning and says, well, you're going to have an accident now, you're about to die. And I know, we don't do dying. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, I shall live and not die to declare the glory of God. That is the superior information that I have on the inside of me. Now, let me quickly go to what, why did the Lord say we should renew our mind? Number two, the reason why we need to renew our mind is because your future is in the picture you see in your mind. You cannot attain a future you cannot see. And God is very, very careful about this. When he called Abraham, the Bible says, as long as Lot was with Abraham, nothing was done. You know what God did? God ensured that Abraham was gone. Because he was about to give a future to Abraham. I mean, Lot was gone because he was about to give a future to Abraham that he would need to be able to see. God called him out one day and said, now the Lord has departed from you. Genesis chapter 13. He says, look now from where you stand to the east, to the west, and as far as you can see, that I will give unto you. That was the future of the man. So, the ability to be able to dream according to the counsel of God and see and perceive and visualize his divine destiny for my life comes through my mind. So, my mind must be renewed for me to be able to receive the divine information about my future. God was merciful to a young man called Joseph. At 17, he had a dream. He saw a man and a woman and a group of men bowing down to him. And he said, okay. This is it. He could not hold it. Many of us blame Joseph. Why did he share it? When you see something that is beyond you, you are, you are forced to talk. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The man had to talk. He began to speak to his brothers. I saw a vision. I saw a dream. I saw all the, uh, you know, the animals bowing down. They say, hey, you're bowing down to you. That was why I believe when Joseph got to the house of Potiphar and the woman said, please lie with me. Joseph remembered, I saw the dream. You were not in the dream. Mm-mm. You were not in the dream. I didn't see a strange woman in the dream. I saw my mother. I saw my father. 
I saw my brothers. I didn't see you. Therefore, I cannot do this great wickedness and sin against God and against my master. I didn't see it. Now, we need to see into the future because what you perceive in the heights of your spirit is critical to what will happen to you tomorrow. I saw from the life of Noah. Noah was given a message by God. Speak to the people. I will destroy the land because the Bible says it very clearly. The imaginations of the hearts of men are evil against me every day. The imagination of the hearts of men have been corrupted. And he spoke to him and said, tell them. Let them repent. And the Bible says, and the man preached the gospel for 120 years. And the picture that God gave to Noah about the ark he was going to build did not leave him. He kept talking about the water that is, the rain that is coming. The people thought it was crazy. It has never rained. Water hasn't come this way. How are you preaching this? It's strange. Because as the world is thinking and we're talking about rapture, they think we're joking. The king is coming. You know the question they ask? Which part of the sky is going to come? In the middle or on the side? Are they going to see him in other parts of the world when he appears in the sky? That is not my problem. My understanding is what the word of God has said. And Noah spoke to the people. And they did not listen until they were all wiped out and they died and they perished. Another man that I saw. I saw that the same thing happened to Moses. When Moses was in the I never saw this. Moses was in the house of Pharaoh. And he was dealing with the family of Pharaoh. Something, there was something that Moses saw. A young boy. But he saw the Bible says because seeing him who is invisible. In the process of staying in the house of Pharaoh, Moses saw millions of people leaving Egypt. And going into a land of Canaan. He saw, but he couldn't understand it. He saw him standing, releasing his people. And Moses didn't know what to do. Well, I'm going to do something about this. When he saw a Jew and an Egyptian fighting. <clears throat> maybe I'm going to begin today. He got it wrong. And God sent him away into the wilderness for 40 years. When he came back, he learned his lesson. And so, what Moses did was as a result of the dream that he has seen. I want to ask you today, what are you seeing in the eyes of your spirit? You need to have the right picture of where you are going. And God is more than interested in revealing his mind to us as his people. Number two, let me quickly just go to this. I notice also that the mind of the man is a workshop of creativity and invention. The degree of excellence that we possess depends on how sound our mind is. One of the richest men in the world, it was said that one day he was in the garage at five. He was five years old and he was doing something. And the mother said, call him. Where are you? And the mother kept doing that every day. And one day he replied to the mother and said, Mother, why are you calling me? Don't you think? And he ended up being the richest man in the world because what he was doing in the garage eventually made his life years after. A group of company were about to establish a shoe industry in an island. This is a life story. And they sent one of the big directors to go to the highland to find out what was going on in the highland. When he got there, he saw heads of men. And none of them had shoes on. Not even anything on their legs. And he saw them and said, uh, these people don't believe in shoes. Because their legs have developed hardness. So they don't need shoes. He went back to the committee and said, I don't think we're in the right place. They don't need shoes. 
The committee met again after some months and they said they sent another man. When he got there and he saw the legs of the pool and they all had no shoes, he said, This is a great opportunity. This is a breeding ground for our shoes. He came back and said, Please send tons of shoes. Because in his mind, he was able to see into the future of that community. There was creativity that was born in his mind. God wants the best for his people. God wants the best for your life. But you must be able to see through the eyes of your mind. What was the problem of the brother of the prodigal? The problem was very simple. He could not see beyond what the father was doing. He said, my father, why is it that when my brother came, you made this feast for him and you could not even kill a small goat for me? That's all he could see in his mind. And many believers are like that. Why is God blessing me and he hasn't blessed me? Your mind is incapacitating you. What God has done in the life of your brother has nothing to do with your life. Because you're unique, you're different, and you have a future with God. God has made you uniquely. And he has placed you in a place of honor and dignity. And you need to assume it. How do we assume it? By realizing who we are. I have to close now. Time is up. The realm of the mind is the realm of the supernatural. No miracle occur until the picture and the image is formed in your mind. Romans chapter 4 verse 17. It is the Lord who call those things which be not as though they were. Maybe you're here today and you're wondering, oh God, how am I going to do it? This is my life. God wants to bring miracles to your life. But it will happen as you open your spirit to the Lord. And it can impart and infuse the picture of your life to you. It's very simple. When this picture comes into our mind, then we are pregnant with an image of what we're going to become. I don't know many of us are pregnant today. Of what God is going to do in your life in the next five days, in the next five years, in the next ten years. I don't know how many of us are pregnant. And if you're pregnant, you know that God has given you a dream. There's an image in your spirit. I want you to arise with me. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Now, this is the key. As a image is born in our spirit, we go to the next level. We begin to say the things that we know God has given to us. I was to say it. Mark chapter 11. The Bible is very clear but in verse 23. It says, Say to this mountain, Be thou removed. It didn't say pray. It says, Say to the mountain. Say to the mountain. Second Corinthians chapter 4. The Bible says, according as it has been said, as it is written, we believe, I believe and I have spoken. So also we believe and we have spoken. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. They that love shall heed the fruit thereof. Today I want to speak forth. I want you to begin to speak forth what the Lord has said concerning your life. I want you to open your house, uh, your, the house of your spirit to the Holy Spirit to begin to impact upon you. As it gives you a dream, as it gives you a vision, as it gives you a picture, an image of what he wants to do in your life. I want you to begin to speak the right word. Can we go ahead and begin to speak to the Lord now? Let's speak to the Lord concerning our lives. Let's speak to the Lord concerning what he wants to do in our situation. For as a man thinketh in his heart... So easy. Yes, Lord, we just thank you because you're true and you're faithful. Lord, we know that there is a miracle in the house. There is something you want to do with the lives of your people. But Lord, the process, the doorway is our minds. Lord, we release our minds to you today. Take over our minds. Take over our heart. Take over our spirit. In the name of Jesus. Blessed be your name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, we want to thank you. The realm of the supernatural is the realm of the pictures. Lord, you brought Abraham out when he began to complain like many of us do. 
Oh Lord, I go childless. And he said, go out. Look up. Do you see the stars? As many as you see, so I will give unto you. And the Bible says, and Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Lord, many of us today, we need the right pictures in our mind. We've been fed with the pictures of failure. But Lord, we ask that you will grant us a fresh picture in our spirit now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you praise and honor today. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. And the church said, Amen. Let's clap our hands together for Jesus as we take our offering. Let's take our offering. Let's bring our offerings to the Lord. Hallelujah.